2: well this is a pretty big deal maybe not as big as kenny pickett moving up on the Steelers' depth chart but it's close nancy pelosi poked china in the eye and china's not happy apparently she landed in taiwan today after the chinese said it would be seen as a sign of aggression lots of waiting and guessing going on now to see what china is going to do Coming up after the break, we're going to talk to Congressman Guy Reschenthaler about his take on this. Meanwhile, the big guy has a cough. Yep, symptoms came back. So he's had two vaccinations, two boosters, boosters, I should say. He wore a mask on the beach, and he's had COVID twice. How are you supposed to fight a war when the commander-in-chief has a cough? Now, we should be getting an update on his bowel movements any minute now, so stay tuned for that. You've seen Joe in action lately. How'd you like to be in the military and have him leading you into war? One thing we can be sure of is that any landing force that arrives in China will be the most diverse force in American military history. And you wonder if the troops and the sailors will have badges uh, that include their pronouns, you know, which will come in handy if they're captured. Wow. Not sure if Admiral Levine is going to be involved. Let's hope we can get through the show before World War III breaks out. I want to make sure you hear the unbelievably stupid comments from Kamala Harris on the flooding in Kentucky and how it's all because of you, humans, and climate change. Stick around.
4: Woo-hoo. Snarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council.
3: Today, the majority of children have already been exposed to pornography by age 11. Even though most of this is accidental, this exposure can have disastrous consequences for their mental health and future well-being. If you want to protect your child and set them up to have healthy relationships, you need Canopy. Canopy is the most effective technology on the planet for blocking pornography. Canopy's app uses artificial intelligence to identify and filter explicit content on every website. It can do this in milliseconds and is 99.9% accurate. While other apps block entire pages, Canopy is the only tool that filters within websites, plucking out explicit images and videos before they appear. Its image scanning technology also prevents users from taking and sending sex. The Internet is a wash in pornography, but your kids don't have to see it. Head on over to canopy.us forward slash protect to start your 30-day free trial. Enter the promo code protect and get 15% off the regular price for life. It's no
1: secret, America. We've been let down. Inflation is taking its toll in the grocery stores, the products we buy, and the pain of every visit to the gas pump. At Upside, we're fighting back with our free app that pays you back serious money on every tank of gas or diesel, up to 25 cents per gallon, just for using the Upside app, no strings attached. Upside users have already been paid back a total of more than $250 million. With inflation and the soaring price of gas, it's easy to feel like you're losing control. But with Upside's free app, you can start putting money back in your wallet with every gallon. Whenever you want, cash out with PayPal, an e-gift card, or transfer the money directly into your bank account. Download the free upside app and get cash back on every gallon of gas. Use promo code SALEM for an additional 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first fill-up. That's promo code S-A-L-E-M. Remember, use promo code SALEM when you download the Free Upside app and get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank of gas. Cashback's available in gas in Jersey, Wisconsin. The John Steigerwall Show. AM1250 the answer. Well, Nancy Pelosi went to
2: Taiwan. Now what? Uh, there are lots of opinions about this decision, from it's a good way to start a war with communist China, to she had to go because China threatened a strong response if she did. So now what? Uh, Guy Reschenthaler is a congressman from the 14th District, district, and he joins us now. Guy, thanks for coming on again. Appreciate it.
5: John, I always enjoy it. Thanks for having me. And, you know, I'm in the camp that this was the right thing to do because as soon as communist China threatened Uh, The Speaker, by extension, they were threatening the United States and the entire United States Congress. So I think it was absolutely correct to go on this trip.
2: Okay, here's a statement from China uh, for people who haven't seen this or heard this yet. There is but one China in the world. Taiwan is an inalienable part of China's territory. And the government of the People's Republic of China is the sole legal government representing the whole of China. China uh, isn't backing off of that. Um, that's kind of a, uh, that doesn't sound like something that they're willing to negotiate.
5: Well, no, it'd be, it, that would be like us saying that Cuba is part of the United States. It's absolutely absurd. Uh, and anybody that knows the history here will recognize it. Just because Chiang Kai-shek's military, after World War II, retreated to the island of was Formosa, does not mean that Communist China has territorial claims over the island that is on that, that is Taiwan. Uh, remember, this was a Japanese colony before World War II. Before it was a Japanese colony, it was a Dutch colony. Uh, at, at periods of time, it was actually controlled by pirates. Uh, so for the Chinese to exert some kind of territorial claim over Taiwan is weak. But they get away with it because of our strategic ambiguity stance and our One China policy, which, thank you Richard Nixon, he's the one that introduced that, just another bad decision that nixon made uh but we should be very clear that we view taiwan as a free and independent nation we should also be very clear that we will defend taiwan if the chinese communist party tries to invade taiwan
2: is taiwan uh, worth going to war over yes
5: absolutely we we need to make our allies aware that we will back them up just like we will just like we would a european democracy. We should be there to defend Taiwan. Uh, that's the right thing to do in terms of international relations. But it's also the right thing to do in terms of uh, military uh, military strategy. Taiwan, think of it as an unthinkable aircraft carrier in the Western Pacific. It's part of what we would call the first island chain. We need to maintain that first island chain, which is japan Taiwan and the Philippines. We need control there because it stops China from projecting power into the Pacific. If they were to take Taiwan, they could threaten uh, Guam, Hawaii, uh, and the west coast of the United Western coast of the United States. So it's time we just acknowledge we're in a cold war with China. It's time we acknowledge that China views us as their adversary, and we need to wake up to the fact that China is preparing to heighten military tension with us, not to de escalate. The the quicker we realize that, the better we're going to be prepared to confront a rising China.
2: So, uh, what does a war with China over Taiwan look like? I mean, well, it, it what what, what sets it off? You know, what, what would what if what sets off the war if China uh, looks like they're about to land on Tai Ty- you know invade Taiwan, and, uh, and right we have to say you're not coming in.
5: Well, there, so first off, it would be a very blue, uh, very bloody uh, war because the Taiwanese, uh, if you if you pull the Taiwan population, they are prepared to fight. It's ma- I've been to Taiwan; it's very mountainous. Uh, there are there are a lot of hidden military airfields and, and bases, so the Taiwanese could put up one heck of a guerrilla war. Uh, they also could, could could put up an amazing resistance to the first wave. The key, though, for us is to prevent a- an invasion from taking place in the first place because as soon as an invasion takes place, it's going to be very hard to rearm Taiwan. It's hard enough for us to, to arm Ukraine, and we're doing it through, uh, through the landmass that is Europe. If we're going to have to get uh, um, equipment and arms there through the Pacific, it's going to be incredibly difficult for us to do it. So what we should be doing is we should be very clear that we will defend Taiwan. We should also build a Pacific NATO, uh, with Japan, perhaps India, the Philippines, Australia, of course, um, perhaps even Vietnam, and make sure the Chinese realize that if they were to make a move on Taiwan, they would not only be facing the United States; they'd also be facing a coalition within the Pacific that could threaten them.
2: Of course, people are talking about. Uh, I guess people seem to forget that China has nukes, and uh, it, it, that could be the that could be the. I, I don't think too many people think it would ever get to that, but it's always there, isn't it?
5: Well, if we were to play the game of what countries have nukes and which don't, we we in essence give up our foreign policy and our military strategy to those countries. Much like much like with Ukraine, when we were talking about having a no-fly zone in in Ukraine, that would have brought the war to a quick end. We probably would have not had the economic pain that we're seeing across the across the world. Uh, if we would have done that, but we chose not to because Russia had, uh, has nuclear weapons. So, at, at what point do you say we are not, but we are we are going to move forward with our international relations despite the fact that other nations have nuclear uh, weapons? It's also a good point to make sure Iran, for example, never goes nuclear because it's amazing that the Democrats and the Biden administration is very soft on Iran going nuclear. Um, yet they turn around and they give us excuses for not defending Taiwan, for not um, making sure the Ukrainians can actually win, by saying the Russians and the Chinese have nuclear weapons. If, if if Iran gets nuclear weapons, we'll be in this situation in the Middle East.
2: We're talking to Guy Reschenthaler, Congressman from the Fourteenth District. Uh, you said that this was the right thing to do um, because you can't let China dictate what we're we're going to do foreign policy wise, but. Uh, was it the right thing to do to um, provoke them by saying you're coming at this point? I mean, how about just sticking with the status quo at this point, especially with what's going on with uh, Russia and Ukraine? Was this a good time to, to stir things up?
5: Well, I don't, I don't perceive the Speaker's trip to Taiwan as a provocation. Taiwan is a free and independent democracy. You have the Speaker of the House from the United States going to have diplomatic relations with, with Taiwan, I I was in Taiwan in 2019. I was actually actually also in uh, um, Hong Kong and China on on another trip. But I don't think there's anything that's provocative about a member of Congress going to another nation to conduct business. What was unnecessary was the uh, saber-rattling and the threats coming from the Chinese Communist Party. Also, what was unacceptable was the Biden administration, Joe Biden himself in the White House, criticizing the speaker for doing this. Uh, also, the Pentagon with Kirby cow um, to the Chinese Communist Party, for example, and undercutting the Speaker of the House—that was what was unacceptable. But I, I don't fault the Speaker for making this trip. Uh, in fact, I think it, I, you rarely hear me say anything that's commendable about the Speaker, but this is commendable.
2: Um, I, I just saw something before we went on the air that China has said they're going to be shooting, firing rockets over. Taiwan, as in response to this. Do you think that's as far as it's going to go? And what does that mean?
5: Well, and that's when we should say that we will draw a red line and an actual red line that we will defend, unlike the other red lines that Obama drew and didn't defend and Biden then drew and didn't defend. What is provoking this aggression is not necessarily the trip that Pelosi is taking. What was provoking it is the weakness from the West, the weakness from Joe Biden the weakness from the Pentagon and top military brass, the Chinese are now viewing us as a paper tiger, especially in light of the surrender in Afghanistan. So they view us as a paper tiger. So our perceived weakness is inviting this aggression. We need to match that, uh, the saber rattling with red lines that we will enforce. I think it's time for us to do military war exercises with the Taiwanese. I think it's time for our military members to go over and coordinate with, um, with the Taiwanese military uh, we should be doing those kind of actions. We should not be kowtowing to the Chinese.
2: Is there any reason for Americans, though, uh, to be confident about getting involved in any kind of a military conflict when Joe Biden is the commander-in-chief? The guy doesn't know what day it is.
5: Right. Well, um, do I think Joe Biden is a great military leader? I mean, no, absolutely not. The war in Afghanistan, the surrender, was absolutely appalling. Uh, you know, I spoke at length about that on your program, yeah. but we don't, unfortunately, Joe Biden is the president right now and he's going to be the president for the next two years, unless he steps down. Uh, we can only have faith in our other elected officials that they will do the right thing. And for example, the Congress making sure that we have, um, an authorized use of military force. That's actually my bill on, uh, for Taiwan. So if the PLA were to invade, the Chinese Communist Party, we would automatically provide the president with use of military force. We should also be uh, ramping up our arms sales um, to, to the Taiwanese once again, filling the role of the arsenal of democracy uh, around the world. We should be doing that. But yes, it is unfortunate. It, it's just not Joe Biden. It's also the top military brass from Austin to Millie uh, Kirby, the spokesperson at the, the Pentagon. They're incredibly weak and in back but that's a top military brass. That's not your everyday sailor, marine, um, airman. Uh, the rank and file in the military is very competent, very strong. You saw it on display when they took out um, Zawari in in Afghanistan.
2: What about um, just the the uh, well? The, the recruiting is way down for the military right now, and I'm sure it's been. I'm sure. I'm guessing anyway that. Uh, you've been bothered and in most normal people are bothered by the the wokeness that's being promoted in the military and the focus on diversity and uh, i saw i saw a comment from someone i don't know if it was the i don't know who it was but it was someone in the high up in the military just yesterday that he, he said 84% of the pilots in the air force are white that that has to change as if it should matter what color pilots are. And and, how much is that permeating the military? And I mean, I made a joke about it in the opening of the show when I said, you know, we'll have the most diverse landing force in the history of the United States. But it's not really that much of a joke because they should be focusing more on that than they are on killing people and blowing things up, which is what the military is supposed to do.
5: Right. Well, they, they they are. Um, I think the top military brass has gone woke. I saw that when I was in the Navy, um, defending Navy fields against baseless accusations, that they punched the Butcher of Fallujah in the face. And I was brought on by the Obama administration and their quest, um, quest to to push this narrative that the terrorists were somehow the victims. Uh, so so I witnessed that when I was in the Navy. A lot of my friends or fellow officers got out largely in part because they didn't see a path forward for them as conservatives or they thought that moving, uh, moving up the ranks would be almost impossible given that they were conservative. Uh, so the military has already been trying to have a, a sort of purge of conservative military officers. You, you see, you see it in the vaccine mandates, which I view it as a nonviolent purge of the military because the most ardent uh, believers in, in freedom and liberty the conservatives are not uh, capitulating to the vaccine demand. So of course they have to leave the military, but yes, this is hurting recruiting. I think that what we need to do is we need to take a serious look at what's being taught in the military academy. We need to take a look at what kind what the officers are saying, what the curriculum is uh, that, that the um, that's being driven And the military needs to get back to focusing on, like you said, uh, killing people and breaking things and deterring aggression. the military has always been one of the most diverse, uh, most representative institutions in the United States. Um, this is a fallacy that it that it is um, that it is not. Mm-hmm. It certainly was when I was in it, certainly not now. Um, but again, it's going to take a change in the administration before we get a change. We're going to have to have a lot. We're going to have to look at the commissions of certain officers and, and work to remove the woke officers, uh, but it's going to take a President Trump or a President DeSantis uh, or someone else to do that. You're not going to see it from Joe Biden.
2: But the thing is, uh, guy, they—we're not talking about something you can do in a couple of weeks. These people are in charge for at least two more years. I'm talking about the executive side, uh, and you know, and the commander in chief is this going to be the same person? for uh, more than two years, almost two and a half, actually, closer to two and a half years than two, um, how much damage can be done in those next two and a half years if they're down like 20% or whatever it is in recruiting? um, And they're chasing away the people, the very people, who might be interested in in, um, signing up for the military, Uh, people who might be interested in fighting for their country. They're being told they're bad people. Right.
5: Well, this is, anecdotally, I hear this a lot when I'm out in Western Pennsylvania. A lot of, um, a lot of people that I talk to, a lot of bright kids not applying to the Naval Academy, Military Academy, uh, for this reason because they view it as this bastion of wokeism. Uh, we need to turn the tide, but what we can't do is we can't give China the upper hand just because we have a bunch of woke generals and admirals and an incompetent president that, the average military man and woman is competent, is prepared. And again, I go back to the, to the drone strike we had on Zawari. Uh, that shows the proficiency of the United States military service member. Um, so, so we should have confidence moving forward. But again, that's why elections matter. That's why it's, we have this chaos when we have weak leaders like Obama and Biden. Um, remember, under it was under Obama where you had the rise of ISIS. Uh, it was President Trump that was curbing a lot of that. Uh, so I think that we need to get a Republican in office in 2024, but between now and then, we cannot let the CCP or any other foreign entity determine our military strategy or our
2: foreign policy. We're talking to Guy Reschenthaler, he's congressman from the 14th District, got a couple of minutes left here. Uh, let's go uh, away from China for a second. Here at home, we have the inflation reduction act which according to a lot of economists believe it or not will do nothing to lower inflation to re, to reduce inflation right. so what's going on it's with or, that
5: it's orwellian john it's, it's orwellian where democrats have changed change the language um remember you can't say a woman it's not a birthing person it's, right. it's no longer a recession it's a transitory period um and, and this this bill would do more damage and in the Wharton Business School came out, that study saying that. Uh, so, and look, when if you increase corporate taxes, it does two things. Number one, it makes us less competitive because a lot of businesses don't move back to the United States, they move elsewhere where they are treated better. The other thing it does is it makes goods and services more expensive for working Americans because the first thing a corporation is gonna do is they're gonna increase the cost of those goods and services to, to adjust to the the increase in in um, taxation, so any kind of corporate tax is going to mean mo- more expensive products and services and less jobs in uh, a weaker United States economy as these countries move offshore. This is the absolute wrong thing to do. We should be reducing taxation. We should be reducing regulation as well, and that will bring costs down. We should not be injecting trillions more dollars into the economy. Which is going to just fuel inflation. Um, You know, it's very common, it's very commonsensical. Uh, It's just unfortunate in D.C., common sense is incredibly rare, uh, but they're learning how to mask it by this Orwellian newspeak.
2: I got 30 seconds left. Did Manchin uh, down in West Virginia get a pipeline for his constituents for caving on this?
5: I don't think that is going to be the case. And if I learned one thing in the state Senate, you never make a deal. Um, that's going to hurt the industry with the understanding that you're going to get a, um, regulatory ease because the regulatory ease never comes. The bureaucratic state is real. Um, there is, there is a real war against energy. So if Joe Manchin is trading anything, thinking that he's going to get a pipeline or ease in, in regulations for West Virginia, and the natural gas industry, he's going to be sorely mistaken.
2: Hey, Guy. I'm out of time. I appreciate it every time you come on, and I hope to have you on again. Thank you. Likewise, John. Take care. Okay, Bye. that's Guy Reschenthaler. He's a congressman from the 14th district, and we'll be right back.
0: For S. R. N. News, I'm John Scott. President Biden says the U.S. killed the leader of Al Qaeda in a drone strike over the weekend. Greg Cluxton with that
6: report. The president announced that Ayman al-Zawahiri was the target of a counterterrorism terrorism operation in Afghanistan.
0: Justice has been delivered, and this terrorist leader is no more.
6: During an evening speech from the White House, Mr. Biden said the al-Qaeda leader carved a trail of murder and violence against Americans and American interests. He was deeply involved in the planning of 9-11. He said the successful strike demonstrates U.S. resolve to protect the American people. Greg Clogston, Washington still waiting
0: for a response from China after House Speaker Nancy Pelosi arrived in Taiwan becoming the highest-ranking American official to visit the self root Island claimed by China in some 25 years. Her visit has triggered tensions between
6: China and the U.S. This is SRN News. 9.
0: Mike Gallagher could do
7: without some
0: members of
7: Congress. Here's Liz Cheney not ruling out, running for president. Can you imagine the arrogance of Congresswoman Cheney? My gosh, I hope she gets beat in August. I really do. I've never seen a more smug, sanctimonious, out-of-touch member of Congress than former Congresswoman, I hope, Liz Cheney.
0: The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager, at noon on AM 1250, The Answer. Whose rulebook do you want to play by, the government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rulebook and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a h.law. International travel
8: is open again. AM 1250
0: and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in iHeart or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer.
9: It's shaped up into a really busy afternoon out there on the Parkway East all stacked up. From Greensburg Pike inbound to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel, also inbound from Second Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. That's a lot of slow going, and outbound heavy from Bates Street up to the tunnel on Twenty Eight. You're going to see delays on the inbound side. Powers Run Road to Fox Chapel Road off ramp to Fox Chapel Road remains shut down. Parkway North delays. Sixty Five to the Fort Pitt Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson.
3: AM twelve fifty. The answer weather. Clear skies expected for tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of 61, mostly sunny tomorrow with a high of 89. Tomorrow night, mainly clear, humid, low 72. Thursday will be very warm and humid with intervals of clouds and sunshine. A thunderstorm in the area late in the afternoon will reach a high Thursday of 88. Friday, cloudy, not as warm. It will be humid. We'll see a couple of thunderstorms and a high of 78. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
0: This is the John Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer.
2: The big guy being in charge of anything should make you nervous, but Kamala Harris taking over should terrify you. Uh, haven't heard her weigh in on China yet, but she's out there analyzing the weather and making moronic statements about the flooding in Kentucky. Gregory Wrightstone is a geologist and the executive director of the CO2 Coalition in Arlington, Virginia. He's also the author of Inconvenient Facts, the science that Al Gore doesn't want you to know. And he joins us now. Greg, thanks for coming on again.
7: Yeah, well, you know, you know, if there's some bad, bad, bad weather event, they're going to relate it to man-made catastrophic warming. No question. And that's what, that's what Commodore just did this, uh, I think it was yesterday, wasn't it? Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. And I should mention you're a Pittsburgh guy. Just to throw that in there. I, I right.
7: am. I am. We moved to Florida, so... uh uh, but right now I'm a Pittsburgh guy, uh, black and gold guy all the way through, for sure.
2: Okay, so before we get started here, and you mentioned it, I'd like you to hear some sound, uh, some uh, what, what Kamala Harris said, we have some sound here, about the flooding in Kentucky, and get your reaction to this.
9: For years, our nation and many of us have discussed, have lamented, have talked about the threat of climate change. For years, we debated the potential impact that climate change could have on our communities, on our country, and our world. And today, we know the impact if folks weren't clear about it before. Just watch the evening news and see that the time for debate is long past. Climate change has become a climate crisis, and a threat has now become a reality. In recent days, deadly floods have swept through Missouri and Kentucky, washing away entire neighborhoods, leaving at least 35 dead, including babies, children, children as has been reported, four children from one family. So the devastation is real. The harm is real. The impact is real. And we are witnessing it in real time.
7: Pretty dramatic stuff there, Greg. What do you think? Boy, uh, I'm scared. I think we we must act now to save the planet. No, John, we, we just... I've... I've been after you contacted me to talk about this. I went and researched some information. The flood here recently, the other day, was pretty bad, but it's a piker compared to other historic floods in the same area. Uh, the Great Flood of of uh, 1913, the Great Flood of 1927, all were much, much, much higher and more destructive than this flood. But those were natural. This one's because of man-made catastrophic warming. And you better, you know, everybody's just got to wise up and uh, drive an electric vehicle. Yeah, you know, some of these floods in the past, and that's what we see. What she's talking about is she's she assumes there's a climate crisis. There is no climate crisis. Your your listeners are being lied to absolutely positively about it. In fact, you may have already you may have seen our new billboard on the Pennsylvania Turnpike at New Stanton. Uh, huge billboard says "Sleep Well." There is no climate crisis, and that links to the CO2 Coalition website there. Uh, but what we see at the CO2 Coalition is, are, 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 are our ecosystems being affected by climate change? The answer is yes, but it's for the better. Ecosystems are thriving and prospering because of modest warming and increasing CO2. We see vegetations increasing in every ecological niche from from the high uh, latitude, low Arctic areas to the equator. Crops are breaking records year after year. Even in warm countries like India are breaking records. And it's because modest warming means that we have longer growing seasons. Even in India, it helps the modest warming. Uh, and then that's turbocharged by increasing CO2 fertilization effect. Plants love CO2. If you remember back to middle school, you probably had a, you're growing a little bean or something on the windowsill, and uh, you, you're probably encouraged to breathe on it because your breath has uh, yeah. about 40,000 parts per million. So you're encouraging plant growth with more CO2, and that's a good thing. Yeah. We should celebrate that. Yeah. Um, yeah, your listeners are being flat out lied to about so much of this, uh, extinctions. And we looked at rainfall in Kentucky as well. There's been no increase in rainfall. Without rainfall increase, you're not going to have increase in flooding, and we don't see, we don't see that either. So no, it's, uh, I, I'm a scientist. We like to look at the science of facts and the data. Uh, it's, it's easy to get caught up in all these things when you hear of a tornado. And tornadoes, by the way, have been definitely in significant decline because of climate change. Uh, and, and, yeah, we hear about forest fires too. Forest fires have been in a slight modest increase over the last several decades. But we're still at 20 percent, get this, 20 percent of the fires today is what there were, both number and area burned of the 1920s and 30s.
2: Well, um, so in the material that you sent to me before you came on here, um, and you just uh, covered some of it here, but uh, with my simple mind, what I got out of it was that there were floods in 1884 and 1773 that were worse than the floods that Kamala Harris was just talking about a minute ago here.
7: 1773. Exactly. A, a, a lot worse. A lot worse. And and these things, uh, I, 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 I'm dead on history, but I don't think there were any SUVs that year. So uh, it must have must have been 1800 when they started p- pushing. Yeah. No, the, I mean, we, we started adding CO2 to the atmosphere in the mid-20th century to any significant amount. If CO2 was going to drive significant temperature change it would start occurring in the mid 20th century and just as we started seeing an increase in co2 we went into a 30 year uh temperature decline you're you're about my age you remember back in the in the 70s they were talking about uh, possibly going back into the uh the next ice age because we had 30 years of declining temperatures Mm -hmm. and and just as we were adding co2 it, it just you have to explain things like this. If you're going to tell me that CO2, carbon dioxide, is the control knob for the temperature of the atmosphere, how do you explain things like this? We're now nine years into a temperature pause. The satellite data says we've had no warming for nine years. Well, why is that? We keep adding CO2. I thought that was going to increase warming. Again, they can't, if you can't explain the pause, you can't explain the cause. And we've, we've been in significant pause of warming here. Uh, but again, if we look through Earth's history and human history, we see there's a strong relationship between the rise and fall of temperatures and the rise and fall of civilizations and humanity. The warmer periods, there were three of them dating back to the first great civilizations. Those warm periods were a lot warmer than we are today. And man, humanity thrived. Food was bountiful. Great empires rose up. And then, when it started getting cold, uh, the you know what hit the fan, mm-hmm. and we had we had crop failure, famine, pestilence, and nasty population associated with cooling periods. Isn't that just opposite of what we're being told? Yeah, this it is, is.
2: A, this is what I don't get. Um, it's uh, Kamala Harris is the vice president of the United States, so she has she's uh, within a heartbeat of being the president of the United States. And and if she were to be put in that position, if she had the power, she would probably declare that everybody had to go buy an electric car by next week. That's the way these people think. But as anybody and, – and she made those comments that we played here. Uh, they, they were shown everywhere. Uh, and the, the vast majority of the media out there buy into the whole uh, climate change thing. So has anybody explained – Anywhere, how humans might have caused that 1773 flood before? (laughs) uh, Seriously, why doesn't somebody say to her, "Hey, Kamal, I just excuse me, excuse me. I'm looking here. They had a flood uh, in 1773 that was worse. Whose fault was that? Nobody does that.
7: Exactly, exactly. Well, that's because they silence. Uh, number one they don't they don't want to look at the long term data, absolutely not, and they need to silence people like me. I was just permanently banned from LinkedIn. Oh, and by the way, the c o two coalition's LinkedIn page was just taken down completely on Saturday, as was our economics associate last week. LinkedIn has it out for us because we're spreading the truth and we're spreading the absolute science that dis- that disputes that and that's why they, you know they there's a concerted effort to sh- silence scientists and experts uh, from the CO2 coalition and elsewhere that dis- disagree with man-made catastrophic warming. Again, it's, John, by every metric, you name it, name one metric that's not improving uh, with our ecosystems and food and, and just everywhere you look, Look out, take a look out the window. Uh, the vegetation is just exploding. Uh, and again, it's, it's modest. It's, we've had about eight-tenths of a degree of warming since 1900 that that's not that alarming to me we usually see that between noon and 1 p.m. every day <laughs> uh you know and and they're talking about sea level catastrophic sea level rise well you know what is you know how, since 1900 how much it's risen eight inches eight inches since 1900 and that barely gets above your ankles and we'll, we'll see about the same amount to the end to the 2100 well we can deal with that. We don't have to spend $300 trillion and have our government tell us how we can heat our homes, what car we have to drive, um, you know, and, and just it's, it's, they want complete control of your lives. And that's what, it's the great, great lockdown.
2: And and so there have always been floods for people who live near rivers. Who knew, huh? Yeah.
7: Well, I mean, I was I, Agnes probably in Pennsylvania, uh, I think that was seventy-three, if I'm not mistaken. Hurricane Agnes it came up the coast and then just stopped over Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and rained for I think a week on end. And it was it was just catastrophic. It had nothing to do with climate change then, it doesn't now. Uh, so, but we have to get we have our our mission is to educate the population, and uh, we're we're doing that here at the CO2 Coalition with our education initiative. We just uh published our first comic book. It's done anime style. Uh second one's about ready to go. We've got well we've got we're gonna be rolling this out in a month or so, maybe we can get back on and talk, but uh we're doing this we've got lesson plans associated with each of these books, uh, and we've got videos with lesson plans. Uh so we're teaching science without the alarm SO. Uh so many times our children are being indoctrinated. They're not being taught the scientific method. Right. They're not being taught how to do science. They're, told, they're being dictated as to what to believe. And, and we're trying to push back on that right now.
2: We're talking to Gregory Wrightstone. He's a geologist and the executive director of the CO2 Coalition, also the author of Inconvenient Facts, the science that Al Gore doesn't want you to know. Um, Greg, are you ready for some more stupidity from Kamala Harris?
7: Oh, God, no. Okay, go ahead. Torture me. Let it rip.
9: And in that way, we can move clean energy from where it is created to where it is needed. It is literally about the transportation of energy. So think from a wind farm in Iowa to a suburb in Chicago, or from a solar farm in Nevada to a family farm in Missouri. How exciting is that?
2: It's really exciting, isn't it, Greg? I mean... The people, in, the people in Iowa will be living near a um, uh, uh, hideous um, solar farm where every inch of the ground is covered with solar panels so the liberals in New York can have electricity and tell us how they're saving the planet. Isn't that kind well, of what she's
7: saying there? Pretty much. And what, what they don't tell you is what are they going to do, these solar panels and wind turbines have about a 20-year life before they need to be replaced. What do you do with them after they're done and you've replaced them? And that's never – thats when they talk about the uh, cost of this electricity, they don't talk about this relatively short life uh, span that these things have. So you just have to replace them. And and these solar panels are made with – it's possible to recycle them, but it's really expensive. It's on the order of twenty to thirty dollars to recycle a solar panel, uh, when you can just move it to the landfill for about eighty cents. If you're if you've got a company, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm, I'm going to guess you're going to get you're going to choose the eighty cent option, and uh, and, and that's what. And the solar the wind turbines are the same way. They have to bury these giant things in landfills. Um, there are very, very small percentage of these things that get ground up and re- repurposed. And I just uh, most f- of them. Go ahead. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I so said most of these end up filling up landfills. I mean, if you can imagine these blades are just huge, and it, it consumes so much landfill space. They're, I mean, here in Arlington, Virginia, they're, they ban plastic bags in the groceries. Oh yeah, uh, I, uh, that's coming. And it's, for non it present. Just an infinitesimally small amount of landfill, um, and we could we we could talk on another day about the great lie of the Great Pacific Plastic. Uh,
2: yeah, I've I've had I've iron. done a I've done a show here about that, um, and uh, it's um, well we can't get into it now because we don't have enough time, but I, we will talk about that at some point. Um, but I, I I just I just wonder if how many people have seen the pictures of those. Solar panel f- uh, farms, where they take beautiful green farmland that you see when you're riding on the interstate somewhere, and it's covered with solar panels, uh, every inch. It yeah. uh, looks like for miles, and, and 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 that's what they have to do to get electricity. It, they 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 put so, they put those somewhere in upstate New York and beautiful farm country so that the people in New York city can have electricity and, and and then they brag about it.
7: Yeah. And and think about this. I testified last year to the United States Senate on extinctions because there had been a UN report that reported that uh, it was out of control, rising fast. And there were going to be a million, a million species go extinct over the next couple of decades. And the greatest reason they said was loss of habitat. Well, well, when number one they were wrong about that extinctions are in severe decline but but if it's if loss of habitat is the main driver of extinctions what's their solution to climate change pave over <laughs> the the the, 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 uh, the habitat that they're trying to save put up windmills and wind turbines across every uh, every uh, mountain ridge and i'll tell you john we don't I just spent some time in south-central Pennsylvania over the weekend. From from Georgia to Maine, there's a horrible environmental catastrophe going on in our mountains. It's it's invasive species like Japanese stiltgrass and Japanese ferns that have just taken over. And they just blot everything out. And that's an untold, true environmental disaster. And it's going on right now. My prediction, John. We haven't had a real drought in the East for quite quite some time. But when that that next drought occurs, and it will, that gra- there's that Japanese stilt grass in all of our mountains that'll just go up, it'll be dried out, going to be just like the Paradise Fire in California. That was a grass fire. We're going to have the same issue in Pennsylvania, um, and it, it's a tough that's a tough nut to crack. How to get rid of it? You can only get rid of it with chemicals. And so, uh, yeah.
2: Well, I'm I'm out of time, Uh, Greg. Real quick uh, CO2 Coalition. How can people get to it?
7: CO2coalition.org. You can, of course, buy my wonderful book, Inconvenient Facts, at Amazon or any other uh, (laughs) place you can get it. And it's really still selling well, so thank you.
2: Good. Thanks, Greg. Thank you. Okay, we'll be right back.
10: Dan owed an unbelievable amount of money to the IRS. I got behind on my taxes. It's a horrible feeling. He was in denial.
0: And when I got those letters from the IRS,
10: he wanted to act like they didn't exist. Finally, Dan turned to Optima Tax Relief, the leading tax resolution firm. A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, they've resolved over $1 billion for their clients.
0: Optima got me a settlement with the IRS. These people are really people-friendly. It was every bit of a new lease on life for me.
10: The fast action and the great results made Dan's head spin.
0: I felt like I was in a dream, but it's real, and I have paperwork to prove it. They got the job done, and life is good.
10: For tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation.
0: If you're worried about what's going to happen with the IRS, stop worrying.
10: Make the call now. Call 800 354 2840. 800 354 2840. 800 354 2840. Optima Tax Relief testimonial from an actual client. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. My dog was scratching
0: and shedding like crazy around the house. When I heard about Dynovite Nutritional Supplement, I thought, why not? Couldn't hurt. We literally tried everything else. Our dog quickly took to it, And after a couple of weeks of adding Dynavite to his food, we noticed a big difference. Our little gizmo's coat was shinier, and he almost completely stopped shedding and itching. I'm so glad I tried Dynavite.
4: My dog smelled so bad and scratched herself constantly. We bathed, sprayed, and bathed her again, but no results. And then I heard about dinovite supplements for gut health, and all of the reviews sounded just like my Bella. After just two weeks, she had major improvements with the smell, and no more scratching or dragging her stomach across the carpet. And her coat is more beautiful than ever.
0: Get 10% off your next order of Dynovite nutritional supplements for dogs at Dynovite.com.
3: Oh, happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with Dynavite. Oh.
0: John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer.
2: Well, I just saw a picture on Twitter put up by EJ Borghetti. Uh, he's the uh, sports information director at Pitt. And with all this talk about the Steelers opening camp, which is obviously getting a lot of publicity, which it always does, it's a gigantic deal around here. Uh, they are now practicing over at uh, the Pitt complex on what's called Bino Cook Fields. Gigantic sign up there. Uh, and it says, Bino Cook Fields. Bino, I think he would love it. Uh, and I've, I've uh, if you haven't um, read the book um, yet, we had uh, the author, John Lucas, on here um, on the show when he came out with the book. But you need to, you, I, I was reading it again uh, it's a long book. There's a lot of stuff in there. You can pick it up uh, just about anywhere and read it anywhere in any, any chapter and read something really good, really funny. Uh, the, but the bo- book is called Haven't They Suffered Enough? And um, I'm glad to see that Pitt is keeping Bino Cook's memory alive. You read that book, and if you knew Bino, you really miss him. And this is when you miss him, when they're getting ready to play college football. So good for Bino, good for Pitt. I'll talk to you tomorrow. John Steigerwald Show is a
0: production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand, the yellow fan.